We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. Welcome to a very special edition of The Corner. We are here at UFC 187. This is Cal Dansby. This is Andreas Hale. We are joined by a few guests. Ryan McKinnell from Yahoo Sports. Brett Lawson, uh, ESPN Radio, back in action. Nice to be back day two here. Day two. And Kel, thanks for, thanks for uh, having us introduce ourselves again. That's like yeah. the weirdest thing in radio. Yo, you, all you have the to time. work on that. We don't, we don't do introductions <laughs> here. You say did, whatever I, you want. I did the first episode, right, back at Insercoid where we did that debut episode. Kel's like, hey, yeah, just, just intro yourself. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? You want me to, this is the great Ryan McKinnell from Yahoo Sports. That's, that's, Yo, that's I, what you I, I am guesting on the corner, and you are lucky to have me. That's, that's what you got to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, pro- Con- <laughs> if Connor was in your seat, Connor would give us, like, the most magnificent <laughs> intro ever. Say, cutting pro wrestling yeah, promos on the corner. Yo, so, we're, so we're here at Media Day. We just wrapped up with Literally a bunch here. of Literally here. Yeah, we're here in yes. the building. In, in the cut. In the corner, in this dark corner of the media room. And uh, we just got done talking to a whole bunch of fighters. So this is a special edition where we're going to talk about UFC 187 in depth. And uh, where should we start? Should we start with the main event? Main why event? Not? Why not, right? Why not? I mean, they were both really humble. We have Anthony Rumble Johnson. Humble Daniel. Humble Rumble. Humble Rumble. Humble. <laughs> uh, DC. Daniel Cormier. Both very humble coming into today. DC had a little bit of trash talk going on. He said, you know, Rumble wasn't as experienced as him, and he really isn't in his class. And I find that interesting. For I, you to say that. I I think so. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, Rumble has all the momentum coming into this fight. He's the A side of the card, if there was one, and DC doesn't see it like that. And today just really put that out there. Like he thinks he's going to win it. He thinks the only man on this planet that could beat him is John Jones. 
Well, and he might be right. One of the things that I worry about, though, is something you kind of touched on, is the fact that he is coming off such a devastating loss. And the first one of his career, and the way that plays into your psyche, and for example, he's, he's, he, I heard him talking, overheard him speaking with a, a different media member, and he basically said that winning you know, isn't a big deal. Yep. Like, I don't have to win. Like, I don't So what if I lose? And I, I, I get why he's doing that because of the pressure of the last fight and that it right. put on him. But it's just like, I mean, this is professional fighting, and it's just a dangerous type of rhetoric to adapt. I get why he's doing it, but you're facing Anthony Johnson, and there's a solid chance you are going to lose, and you shouldn't. It's not okay if you lose. It's never okay if you lose. This is fighting. Yeah. I mean, I get it, why he did it, like I said, but it's just, it is a little confusing. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, you have the whole redemption angle, the second chances, whether right. it be Johnson in a stint or just DC right back at it. Or, you know, we talked a little bit about that yesterday, how he really is next in line. You kind of, by default, had to put him in there. You know, it's not, it's it's a drop off, but not too much of a drop off to where it doesn't completely ruin the, the, the quality of the fight itself. But it's interesting because he, he, he when we were talking to him, he, he almost sounded. There was, there was elements of regret there. He, he admitted, aside from the cardio fact, because, you know, we were there all live in attendance, it was easy to see that once he hit that fatigue wall, it was it was downhill from there. But he said there were Something things... Something you can't do against John Jones no, at all? No, absolutely. But there, right. there, were, there were things there where he said he will not do. You know, I remember talking to him about his most successful tactic against John was, hands down, what he was able to do in the clinch, land, land a couple shots. He thinks he could do the same on Johnson. And that, that's, that's really, even though it's different in terms of, the way Johnson and Jones fight, Johnson himself even said that he thinks DC's going to come after him. He thinks he's going to be hungry with the second chance. But it's it's interesting to see that you know DC doesn't doesn't like what he did against Jones. But what are you going to do against Rumble? Hey, he's going to like it even less against Rumble because unlike John, Rumble's got a, an insane power factor. And that's not to say John doesn't have that. It's just when you're right, you're doing a pros and cons list to fight Anthony Johnson. The number one con is that. The guy's got just ridiculous power. Yeah, you don't want to stand two feet from Anthony Johnson and say, right. hey, you know, eat these super soft uppercuts that I was giving John. Because <laughs> uh, John had good distance. He had a good jab, and, you know, he was able to get away. John's just not going to try to get away. He's going to say, I'll trade your super soft pillowy uppercuts for, for this right power. hook, yeah. and let's see what's going to win out. Yeah, I mean, it's like eat one of these and see what you do with it. Because, I mean, like we always said, John's boxing is not that great. He's yeah. He's – unpredictable but he's now wrecking people like rumble is and, and when he does it's with elbows and knees and stuff from the clinch where he's using power as leverage i'm not gonna he's a he's the greatest fighter in my mind that's ever lived in mixed martial arts we, that's not something we need to discuss now but crack. right but <laughs> right exactly Cocaine. Come on, exactly. Don't. Little, he's the lt of mma <laughs> he's the LT of yeah. um no for sure but he just he he has power but it's not that raw power and Anthony brings that raw, unbridled power that can put you to sleep at any angle. And uh, you talked about a redemption story. I don't know about you guys, but Anthony Johnson, similar to Robbie Lawler's story, are both kind of one of those instances where it kind of puts me in check. <laughs> I've been doing this right for eight years, and you get cynical, you get a little whatever, whatever word you want to use. And I don't want to say you think you know it all, but maybe you think you've seen it all, True. especially if you're a fan from the 90s. I mean, what what haven't we seen? We saw Kimbo draw the biggest amount of viewers ever on free TV. I mean, there's just we have a very weird sport, but to see Robbie do what he did, and more specifically to see Anthony do what he did uh, in regards to putting me in check, I had written them both off, uh, and specifically Johnson. Mm-hmm. When we re-signed him, when we, God, <laughs> so Someone needs to put a bullet in my head. When the UFC resigned uh, Anthony Johnson, I say we because we're in Vegas and it's a predominant promotion we cover. Right. Please don't start with that payola <laughs> MMA media garbage. Um, 
But uh, no, when uh, what was I talking about, Andreas? Help me out. Bring me full circle. Bring Redemption, bring exactly. When we signed him from Titan, when we, when the OC signed him from Titan, um, I really questioned it. You know, I had seen him at World Series of Fighting events. He was blown up. He looked like 300 pounds. I didn't know where his dedication was. The names on his resume and Titan weren't that glowing. I didn't know why. Now I know why. <laughs> you see what he did to Gustafson. Like I said, put me in check. Ryan, slow your roll. You know what I mean? You, 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 it's not always what it seems. And, and they made a good decision with this. And now we could, like you said, we might get another one of those options where it's like a, a crazy year of just redemption. And those are the best stories in MMA. And, and, the, and the best part is he's done it in dominating fashion. It's yeah, not sure. like he's this kind of guy who just, you know, I mean, he's been in the underdog situation, but he's not just hanging around there, you know, sneaking out these wins. He's done it in dominant, in dominant fashion. And he even said he surprised himself when he, when he tags people. He doesn't, he says, I don't think I'm hitting people that That's hard. That's the I'm best su- kind of power. Exactly. I, I'm surprised they're dropping. I'm surprised I'm finishing them. Yeah. I never expected myself on my you know return stint to to the Ultimate Fighting Championship to be right here fighting for the strap. Because right. regardless, DC Jones he earned that shot by dominating Gustafson, and he surprised himself. I think those are like the most the most under talked about story here are the, both of their redemptions. Because Cormier is lost at every top level. Like when he gets there, he falls off. He's <laughs> the good Olympics, point. and he's he's fighting for that final validation. Rumble got cut. He hit Kostic after the bell. Like, mm-hmm. he was done. We wrote him off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were there the night yeah. that he hit him. And it was like, nah, this, he'll never be back. He can't do it. He got choked out by uh, Belfort, and everybody thought he was he was cooked. Right. Now he's back, and these these two redemption stories are kind of not getting sold the, the way that they should because those are stories that we should be talking about. Well, and a redemption story even more so from Cormier's age. How many more chances is Daniel Cormier specifically if he were to lose how many more chances at redemption is Daniel going to get right. now nah, this is the end of the line right maybe I mean maybe 36 7 maybe uh, I mean he's, he's up there yeah, the good like, thing is he doesn't have the mileage but good lord I mean he keeps taking Anthony Johnson and John Jones fights he's going to get that mileage real quick he's at the tough. top he's at the top of the food chain now and no matter what who Daniel Cormier fights it's going to be tough and you, like I said you just got to wonder uh, alright so let's let's have an official prediction we got to move briskly through this card because we got some <laughs> wrestling to talk about too yep. yes we do so let, I'll I'll start. I'll that's what, first of all, fans listening out there, that, that, that's what these media days turn into. We, we yeah. do our work, and then we sit in the corner and talk about NXT and WWE. And that's, that's how we roll. That's New how Japan. this came about. It's it's yeah. Yeah. Shit at these yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Same, right. same head, head of PR for the UFC, Dave Schaller, who broke up the uh, Cormier-Jones brawl. You guys may know him. Numerous <laughs> yeah. times it stopped us. I'm like, are you guys just, like, seriously, are you going to start working, or are you just going to keep talking about pro wrestling and hip-hop? Yeah, that's like, what well. we do. Sorry. Right, so I'm going to start it. So I, like you pay us to talk about MMA or anything. I, I've been going back and <laughs> forth, but I'm taking Rumble. I think he, he may stop him. I don't know if Cormier has ever felt anything like this. And I think that, that Cormier, once he gets hit, he's going to try to take this fight to the ground. And people forget Rumble has good wrestling. And at his size, it's going to be really interesting to see if Cormier, he's, if he's shooting for a double A, he might get caught. If he gets in the clinch, Rumble might be strong enough to push him off. Three, four rounds of this, I don't know if, if Cormier is going to last. I'm going to say Rumble by fourth round stoppage. I'm not against that. Uh, stoppage, I don't know about just because Daniel's never been stopped. I know, I know. And on the surface, he just seems like the toughest dude, one of the toughest dudes in the division. That said, you're right. He hasn't fought anyone like Anthony. Um, Anthony, I, we, that, that's the cool thing about Anthony Johnson. It's one of those we don't know where his ceiling is. We've seen glimpses of it. But what if Anthony Johnson's John Jones? Yeah, maybe he has like six losses, but he was fighting at welterweight and he was young. And, I mean, he just he, he took a little bit. I mean, what, the natural raw athletic prowess that Anthony Johnson is capable of is, is terrifying. Um, you talked about size. I think that's going to be the, the name of the game. I, I'm constantly going to wonder about Cormier and his size. He is not that big. He's not that much taller than I am. Um, he's undersized for this division. I think he'd be great at 185. He wrestled at 
What did he wrestle? One eighty eight, one eighty one eighty eight, one ninety, yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, I know he was younger; it was probably easier for him to do. But yeah, point being, every time he fights, size at least when he faces off against the Anthony Johnsons of the world and that that long rangy, that guy who can pop a jab, and now he's bringing power. Unlike Jones, yeah, I I, I see Anthony winning. I I don't know about a stoppage, Andreas. Tough one. But it, but you know what? It's like that's that might be the only way he could win. Because if it goes later, one would presume like in three, four, and five, he might tire out with Daniel grinding on him. He can. It, the good thing is, is it's a, it's a real debate. But I'm going to go Johnson as well because he just and it's something Brett t- talked about earlier is the the surge he's on. That's a big big factor. Man, I <laughs> up until like this second, I didn't know who I was going to pick. Like, and I still not best kind of picks. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I got to admit, like, I was in the same boat. <laughs> I'm not like super confident about this one. Yeah, and uh, I'm. I'm going with DC. I mean, DC size, you say what it is, but he, he hasn't lost any height since he was fighting heavyweights. And all of these wins came against bigger people. They came against people with power. Bigger and slower, I mean, though. That's the, the slow factor they, with they, heavyweight they are plays slow. in. Yeah. They, were, they were slow, but I've seen him fight some pure monsters in there. Yep. I mean, he didn't get knocked out by a Roy Nelson who was taking people's face off. You don't he, ragdoll uh, Barnett like he did. Next, I'm Listen, the guy has done amazing yeah. things prior to that John Jones fight, and I think he's he's on a mission. And having Kane back, that's that's what sold me. Him and Kane are training for the first time in two years Big. for the same camp. They were training against each other every day. Kane has the best cardio possible. So the cardio concerns that I saw against John Jones, to me, are gone. Because in rounds four and five, he's been training with Kane every day for rounds four and five. Mm-hmm. But he's not Kane, though. Right. But Anthony Johnson's not Kane. You say what you want about his wrestling. Well, no, Daniel's not Kane. Meaning, no, Daniel's the, yeah, not Kane. It's, there's right. that, the 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 symbiote. The, yeah, the, 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 he doesn't have yeah. to fight Kane. Thank God. That's yeah. why he moved down. <laughs> he has to fight people who are lighter and less skilled at wrestling and have less cardio than the man he's faced every day for the past five weeks. Mm-hmm. It's weird to say, but Anthony Johnson isn't Kane Velasquez. So well, I no. think Daniel has been training against someone who is way tougher now than he had. Anyone prior to the John Jones fight. I think we're going to see the best DC. I think it's going to go five. I'll have uh, Rumble winning probably rounds one and three. DC taking two, four, and five. There you go. All right, here we go. The, the verdict. Um, I don't think this is smoke and mirrors. I think Rumble's the real deal. I'm picking Anthony Johnson. There's a, I, I don't know whether it be the momentum. He's white hot. There's just something about his striking, the, the stone in his hands. You know, knockout artist is something we often throw around a lot when right. a guy gets a few, you know, he mm-hmm. tags a guy a couple of times. But there's just something about Rumble. And people overlook his wrestling. Are his wrestling credentials exactly. Cormier's? Absolutely not. No, Really no one, no one in the UFCs really have the same credentials on paper that Daniel Cormier has. So if this goes to the mat, I don't think it's going to be that mismatch. And... You know, we saw Cormier's wrestling. Granted, it was against John Jones, who has the best takedown defense as good as anyone we've seen. You know, we mentioned how MMA wrestling is so much different than exactly. amateur wrestling. And, you know, Daniel Cormier, as good as he was, he's not wrestling at Oklahoma State. He's not wrestling, you know, in the Olympic trials or anything like that. He's in an octagon, and he's going against a guy who has the, the reach, the size. And he's not, he's not the lanky reach. He's a, he's, he's a brick. He's a big, big dude, dude, and he's a he's a tank. <laughs> he is a big and, dude. And even though I think they're going to go back and forth, you know, DC thinks he'll if he gets him in the clinch, he could have the same kind of effect he had against uh, John at uh, 182. Rumble thinks that he's going to come after him, and that's probably what Rumble wants. I just think 
I think it, it, there definitely is going to be a war. I think this one will go to the mat a couple of times. Actually, I don't think they're just going to go toe-to-toe in the center on their feet, but I like I like Rumble. I just think there's too many things going for them, and I think this isn't just like a little return streak. Like I said, I mean, we talked about on my radio show. I said I think he's going to have the biggest 2015 out of anyone, and I that's what I'm saying. It's not smoke and mirrors. I really think Anthony Johnson is primed for the next as the next big thing in the light heavyweight for now. Decision to stop it. I'm going to go decision. Okay. I think he tags him a couple of times, definitely, mm-hmm. and it's dangerously close. I don't know though. I don't. I, I don't. It's hard to see DC really getting stonewalled. I, dog, I know, I know. It's just watching Rumble hit people and how he changes people's life. Like what we talked about, Ganendi Golovkin, he hits you and everything yeah. hurts. Rumble's got that type of power. It's like you were tough yeah. until you got hit. Yeah. He it changed stop by him. That's that my logic behind it. He, he didn't, didn't stop, stop Phil. Phil. Phil, I mean, the thing is, is Phil's a little bit better with his footwork, so he could get away. I don't know if Cormier can get away. If Rumble hits him, and that reach is a big advantage that Rumble has too. Daniel was faster than everyone pretty much at heavyweight. Yeah. Either. Now he's slower than everyone at light heavyweight, and there's just a big gap in that that two, you know, the two hundred five and the everything above. Not yet. <laughs> and so I, that's I think that's part of partly why he looks so impressive at heavyweight. And I, we're gonna find out a lot more about Daniel Cormier's career, specifically at light heavyweight. Because if he were to lose to Anthony, I don't want to say what's the point, but if he were to lose like the way he lost to John, okay, what's the point? Yeah. You can't beat Anthony and you can't beat John. So why what do you are do you next? here? Yeah. yeah, it's like. And he is able to jump divisions. So, and he was very successful at heavyweight. So it's. Goes th- back th- up. Yeah, there's a, th- maybe, you know, I mean. It's possible. It's possible. Well, possible. I don't know if he'd ever. I don't know if he'd ever <laughs> fight Kane. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this plays out. It's really, he's in a really weird spot. He really is. He needs to win. He needs to win. Talking about someone who needs a win, Chris Weidman's coming back, defending the belt. It's the co-main. It could headline many of other cards, and it probably should have, but, you know, you can't really depend on Chris nowadays, so he's going to be a co-main guy. Or a for, for that matter. Yeah, for the next this couple fight. of years. <laughs> this yeah. fight has been made and rescheduled more times, <laughs> and I mean, I still don't know if it's going to happen. We're two, 48 sure, hours away. I'm sure we were all at a different age when this fight was originally <laughs> Many, yeah, yeah, many different ages. Yeah. yeah, so. I wasn't able to rent a car, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So we have that. Let's get predictions on that. Uh, Want to go back around this way? You, we'll you go first. Yeah. All right. Well, I like Weidman. I like I like Weidman stoppage. I really do. And I, actually I like think, that. I actually <laughs> think they go to the mat. I think he could tap Belfort. We just talked about yep. that. He hasn't yep. put that jitsu on the well, we were yet. we were talking yep. about it when we were at when we were at his, you know at the stage when when he was there. He, a lot of people. He, he was already a uh, a brown belt. He just got his black belt recently. And I think people don't realize how good he is on the mat. Nobody we already know his wrestling his, credentials. Right, yeah, he's, he's, he's a tank. That I mean, we've talked in, in detail, Kel, just about his size, just how he just breaks people. He's not afraid to go toe-to-toe. And, you know, I think Weidman still has a chip on his shoulder because I, I talked to him about this. I feel success for him has, quite frankly, been a double-edged sword because I think even though, you know, great, some you know greatest of all time, Silva, I mean, that's up for debate, but it's still Anderson Silva right. beats him twice. The circumstances were definitely interesting on, you know, in each fight itself, well, the chip on his shoulder. The, the chip on his shoulder, but it's it's almost been a double-edged sword because he he can never escape that. People don't ever they, they still talk about the two Silva fights despite his excellent performance against Machida. You know, he he's the kind of guy who I feel just elevates his game. I don't know if he ever gets the respect for that. Like he won't. He won't either. That's the thing. And, <laughs> I, I don't. Right. I don't think so. I mean, it's written, right? Yeah, it's they were flukes. Both yeah. they were flukes. That's and what they're gonna say. He'll and have he'll have to win like ten fights in a row. Doesn't get the credit. Like right. he has the respect, I feel, but he doesn't have the the praise almost. 
He's going to need to beat Rockhold, Jacare, yeah, he, Romero, Machida again. He's going to have to yeah, beat everyone yeah, to get credit. Stay healthy. That's my only thing. Right. Stay healthy. Yeah. You want to be the best at whatever. Stay healthy. Show me that you can fight. Show me that you're able to fight two or three times a year and you don't get every fight canceled. Right. That's my only knock against him. And when do the injuries catch up to him? Because sooner or later, you can only break so many bones. You can only, you know, tear so many right. things before it affects you inside the cage. And all these other guys have been healthy, and someone's going to take your your face off. You're going to be a step slower. So uh, is, is Belfort Bel- is not that say, guy. Is Belfort taking his face Belfort's off? Belfort is not that guy. Even though the TRT results today are uh, quite interesting. <laughs> Just, TRT uh, results? Excuse me, the testosterone. But, oh. it, hey, listen, I don't know how it goes. I didn't man. know if I missed the news cycle. No. I'm like, there's the testosterone elevated results. testosterone? I was like, what's what's going on? No, it yeah. was high, I guess. They told Chris. What? Yeah, when we were at Chris's uh, media day and we were in front of Chris, someone came over and told him the results from the past test. They, both fighters passed the test. But today, the testosterone revo- results show 1,200 for Vitor and 500 for Chris. And Chris was very concerned. And he was like, is this... Allowed? He's like, so you're was telling me this is legal? And they said, yes, his T levels okay. are low enough, and it passed the limit, okay. but his testosterone is through the roof. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a lifetime, I mean, by all accounts, lifetime steroid user, or, t- you know, yeah. performance enhancing. So, I mean, 1,200 so to 500. It was, might be, the levels might be, I don't know how that works. I'm not a Chris doctor. Chris was very concerned. No, Chris, says he should like, be. the shock on Look his what? face, he was Look like, what? wait, he was clean and he did this? He was like, how is that possible? Look what Vitor does when he's on TRT. I mean, that, he's a that, different was, fighter. that was the beast. Yeah, and that's... And here's the issue, and I'm, I'm glad. Do you want to make a prediction? Before oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we get that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's still Chris. I still have Chris winning it. Yeah. I have Chris stopping him. Uh, I'll give it third round. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Third? Mid, I think in mid-third. He breaks uh, him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he breaks. And I think it's ground and pound. I think yeah. it's yeah. ugly. I'm in the same boat. I think Weidman goes hard on him, puts it puts it on him, makes up for lost time in the cage, and keeps building on that chip on his shoulder. My real issue with this whole fight, and it has been uh, since the announcement that it was going to be Belfort fighting for the title. Uh, first of all, you're dealing with the, one of the most stacked divisions in the company. So when you're ushering in this new era of PED, penalty PED, uh, wrangling, kind of getting the getting the sport clean, the Nevada Athletic Commission dropping the hammer, the California Athletic Commission dropping the hammer, everyone seems to be dropping the hammer. And then you have the UFC giving the PED abuser coming off a recent steroid suspension and immediate title shot. It just drives me nuts. It's, it's such it, a double standard. It, it is, and it and it's the, my issue with it is, is it, it's transparent. It's viewed as exactly what it is, and that's a cash grab. They that's it. don't believe that the other guys are ready to push the pay per view. They don't think that they've got the drawing power, and that Vitor was the better choice. Um, but if you were serious about you know putting a stamp on PEDs, we we would be doing something about this and not rewarding multiple time offenders with a title shot when the division is loaded and it doesn't need to happen and it just it's it's really unfortunate. I don't have anything against Vitor, but listen man, this is a fist fight in business and people can die in there and we don't need any more things helping people die potentially. And it's it you know we <laughs> it's the one sport you don't want PEDs and it's just it, this fight comes at a really weird time. So yes, I, I think Weidman's going to win and I think Weidman he, he could have taken Viles. He could have taken that uh that, uh what's what was that Thai like the, movie where he jabs all the oh, Tony Ja the 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 Thai fighter. They have that scene in that first one, Ong Bak. Oh, where yeah. the where the villain takes all those steroids and drabs them in his chest at the last battle scene, and he's got like roids popping out of his 
Anyway, he, Vitor could do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Get, it, it took me like 25 seconds to get there. Yeah, um, you made it. You yeah, made it, it <laughs> got there. We brought it full made, circle. But but Vitor could have done that, and Weidman, I still think, would have handled him. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to mince too many words. I looked at Weidman today. We were over there looking at him. He looks crazy relaxed. He had his nice yeah. socks on and his slacks and his, oh, his jacket. Like, he was awesome. cleaned up. Like He, he is, looks like, like Superman. He, but he looks like he belongs here now. The, the right. thing about Weidman is he never looked like he belonged. He looked like he was still like, eh, I'm trying to figure out my way. Is Anderson Silva thing? He looks sure of himself, and he's got shit to prove to everybody else. Oh, if you look at his body language, it looks like not only am I you know, the best in my division, I look around all these other guys in the room, I'm better than all them too. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Weidman stoppage also. I think he takes him a little bit deeper. I think he goes fourth. I think he's, he's going to brutalize him. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see that Jitsu game put to work. Because I don't think that Weidman's going to want to stand there and trade with Vitor too much. No. And he's going to want to take him down. He's going to want to show off the, that Jitsu and, and prove that he's just a, a bad motherfucker. I thought the same thing about Machida and look how that turned out. True well, indeed. Machida's just a different kind of. Yeah, but I mean, standing up against and him. Machida, and Machida almost won that fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully he learns something from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Machida's accurate, not necessarily powerful. Vitor's both. Precision. You know, yeah. All that TRT stuff I said, fine. All that steroid stuff I said, fine. It doesn't take away from the fact that his technique and his and his power is still very much God-given in a lot of ways. Yo, Brazil's going to hate Chris Weidman after this. Yeah. That's three Brazilians right? in a row that Weidman's Taking them right get. out. And the big dogs, too. Talking right. about Anderson, Vitor, and Machida. And Machida. doesn't get much bigger than that no, in terms not of that really. Especially, Especially generational. Yeah. 90s, all, mid, and up. And yeah. All consecutive. And really for a guy, unless you knew about him, it was wrestling credentials or what he was able to do earlier, almost came out of nowhere. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the next. we got to breeze through this. we got to go well, meet quick, up with quick, How about we all just pick the next best fight and give our prediction? Okay, well, that, that should be fight. easy. Yeah, just like just your personal best fight and give your prediction. Well, the one that you're looking forward to, undercard, I anything under that. I said it before. I'm looking forward to Dotson and Zach Makovsky. I'm glad um, you took that one. I'm just. I'm really <laughs> looking at. Him. I, I, I've always liked Dotson since the Ultimate Fighter days. I just thought the dude's a little spark plug. He's the the shot of adrenaline and charisma that the division needs right now. Mm-hmm. And Makovsky's a guy who's had gold around his waist before in Bellator. So, I think Dotson wins that fight by knockout. But I think he makes it fun, and I think it's impressive, and I think he gets some kind of bonus with his performance. All right. I'm not just saying this because I got a Q&A with him in UFC Magazine this month. Seamus plug. Go read it. <laughs> uh, no, but Donald Cowboy Cerrone, man. Anytime the dude fights, uh, I, think he's the, I think he's the star of the show. I think he's one of the biggest uh, you know, assets in the company right now. I think he's got a wave of momentum that I don't know how many people have seen within recent years. He seems to have all these fans behind him, and he is being paired. Guys, you know, if you're not familiar with John McDessie, I know we're all bummed that Khabib Nurmagomedov got got the axe and got removed from the card. John McDessie's a Taekwondo karate guy with been a highlight reel ever since he stepped on the scene, and from his last performance, it looks like he's only getting better. Wouldn't call it a trap fight for Cerrone because I don't think I don't believe that exists with him. I think he fights every fight with all of his heart and he does what he does, but I fully expect this fight to be an easy candidate for fight of the night and it's not going past the first round and that's why I'm excited for it. It's just not. It's a difficult fight, man. It It, it is because Cerrone can honestly get caught with one. Mm-hmm. And, and he could. <laughs> he's not getting knocked out, though. He's no. never been knocked out. He's probably got the hardest chin in the sport. Oh, that's yeah, why. no, no. But he, could, he can go but down. Boy. And yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. To, McDessie and him could do him and Alvarez all over again. To me, it's scary because in MMA, you don't have to get knocked out. That's, that's what right. always scares me. You can just somehow get pummeled and the ref stop it too early. Or, you know, he just thinks you're not defending yourself and calls the fight, which isn't the case a lot of times, especially yeah. with someone like Cowboy. Sure. So that that's what always worries me. Um, I'll pick a different one than all you guys. I'll take Uriah Hall. 
um, versus Natal. I, I like Hall. I, I think he's prime for a really big push this year. I think it was on your show, Brett, where I said he's going to have the biggest 2015 out of anyone. All these redemption stories. Yeah. He seems like he's on track for that. Well, In my mind, he's like the next guy to have that next redemption story. And he has to prove it tonight, though. And I think the last time we've... We've seen him fight a couple of times since, um, you know, that last loss, and he's turned it around. He fought with the weird toe thing, yeah. that one fight. The, the weird crowd toe thing. <laughs> that was a grotesquely broken <laughs> yeah. toe. Yeah, and, like, and he showed a lot in that. He did. The crowd yeah. was behind him and everything. Yeah. He just has to show that he's a professional. He His head is on right. The head. And he has a killer instinct. Because it... As a person, he doesn't have it. Like, I've talked to him many times, interviewed him many times. He doesn't want to hurt people. Like, he, he doesn't have that finishing quality. If you're a little bit of his friend, you have an inch of friendship, he's not going to fight you with all his heart. And that's, that's his problem. He has to remove that. He has to know this is a sport. This is his livelihood. He has to go in there to take everyone's head off because he is capable of it. Yeah. So I want to see him do that. And it's on the undercard, and I'll be there. I'll be out there early. Yeah. Usually I don't go out there early. I want to <laughs> see it from, you know, Cade's side. And I want to see him, you know, spinning back kick someone when it means something and make a highlight reel out of somebody. Well, that's the thing. We saw what he was capable early on, and I think we can all agree it was one of those cases of too much too soon. Yeah. Exactly. It just the pressure was a little too much for him, and Dana and company pushed him hard, yeah. put I, him on a big stage, and wanted to oh, keep rolling, be the next Anderson yeah. Silva. Like when, when you look at Hall, you just he screams potential. I think you get that killer instinct, you know, almost that, that thirst for blood. He could be great. I'm big on him. I'm big on, I'm big on Cowboy. But before you go past that, though, like with Hall, it's crazy. When I talked to him last time, I was like – you fought Chris Weidman before. Yep. I was like, you guys went toe-to-toe, and you were the guy. Chris Weidman was supposed to lose to you. You were the next big thing. And you see this guy hold the belt, beat the best fighter in the world at the time, and you've seen what he's gone on to do, and your potential was higher than his. I was like, how does that make you feel? And to him, it was weird just seeing like him go blank-faced, and he was like... Might have never thought of that way. Yeah, he was just yeah. like, you know what? That's true. I'm going to be better than him. And I was like... You got to prove it. But it's crazy to see someone on the same path that they fight so early in their career, and then it just goes two different ways. Yo, he was Harold Miner. Right. He's got a highlight, and he hasn't capitalized off it. Baby so he, Jordan. He, he can't be right. Harold Miner any longer. He's got to capitalize. Right. So. They called yeah. him Baby Silva, basically, right? Dana yep. yeah. or Chael, both of them kind of questioned, like, he could be it. And it was just like, uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, Great I'm, comparison. Yeah. Sorry. Harold no. Miner. I love that, Baby Jordan. And I, I know, like, what Ryan said. I love Cowboy, you know, talking to him. You know, he probably wouldn't tell you, but he I think he knows in the back of his head. He's kind of become the, the face of that division right now. His fan base has just exploded. He's by far outside of Pettis, year. the biggest oh. name in that oh. division. He might be bigger. Exactly. I mean, yeah. take, oh, away right the, yeah. Yeah. take away the yeah. Wheaties box. Yeah. They love him. Oh. Here's the thing. I've never really they heard him. maybe, okay, if, if for, for every 90 positive comments you see on Cerrone, there's maybe 10 negative. Yeah. And that's amazing because yeah. this is MMA. Yeah. Very, very rarely do we get unanimous yeah. love for anyone. It doesn't matter. It, it could be press, uh, fans. Fellow fighters, they all love him. For me, it's because he's genuine. Yeah, and he, he is. He, what you see is what you yep. get with them. Um, well, stops along the roadways of America, right? In their RV to greet their fans and have a beer with them. It's, exactly. It, it's yep. it's yeah. partly and to you know, where our you know, sport is, but partly to who he is as an and individual. And even social media, you know, some people don't look sure. big in that, but that goes a long way in the eyes yep. of the fans. He's built. I would. That's a great point. He's built largely this positive wave of momentum solely on social media. I mean, yes, his performances speak volumes, but yeah. 
that dude, if any of you know him, I mean, he is relentless and that, with that. And, and in today's day and age, when so many people are jumping off the boxing bandwagon and you know, so many people want the violence that the combat sport is supposed to represent, I think people like the fact that you have a guy who will wrestle a, a rabid grizzly bear. You know what I mean? I th- <laughs> people are a fight a rabid grizzly bear. They like that. In terms of the fight, though, that was confusing we, because Khabib has actually wrestled a bear. Yeah. So I was like, and, and wait, are we? I was like, are we? Are we talking about Khabib and, or Sorry? I knew you were talking about Sorry because he's a yeah. cowboy and he lives out west. I got it, but it was just so happy well, I mean, since the, Khabib, the week. Khabib's awesome, and he wrestles bears legitimately who saw him wrestle this bear i've always wondered what do you this. mean it's a video of it man it's a video of yeah. him wrestling the bear yeah Where it's, the it's not a giant it? bear it's a little baby it's a bear it's still a bear <laughs> a bear no, is a bear a be- thank you a bear, a bear is, is not a bear words, words of wisdom from andre hey, so a bear is not a bear that is a cub all right before it will still maul your face up in terms in terms of the fight it's actually after what we saw today i'm interested to see what happens with brandon arlovsky just True. because I, I like Travis Brown a lot. Pull up I some lawn chairs, I, some burritos, I, yeah. internet crack, stream. Crack a, crack a beer together, you know. Uh, and you got to wonder, what, what what does the friendship do? You know, Arlovsky was one of the, the top heavyweights kind of in the, the era before this Redemption era. story. Yep, there you go. Tra- and Travis Brown is poised. He thinks a victory here can thrust him into heavyweight contention. Uh, you know, he has a lot of – he has a lot – there's – a lot of upside to them, and you got to wonder after their little selfies and they're hugging on on the stage with lots the, with of the love face today, off, right? Lots Everybody of hugged. You got you got to wonder. Okay, need come, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But come Saturday, once that that octagon octagon door closes, you want to get thrust in that title shot. You have a guy who already has you know made his bones. Let let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. What are you picking? And in, in the fight, I like Brown. Go with Brown. I like Brown. All right, so look, look, we don't have a whole lot of time. We need to roll into. Oh, it's it's I'm, wrestling I'm time. I'm rolling right. Look, look. I'm just gonna say this: Samoa, goddamn Joe, is in I NXT. I I, I'm Joe's gonna kill you. Yeah, when that who, chant started, though, I was like, Yo. "Oh, it's real." Yeah, I just want. I do want to say one thing though: that that NXT crowd is out of their damn mind. That whole pay per view, or whatever you want to call it, they were chanting, "So and so's gonna kill you. Finn's gonna kill you. Every you know, Samoa Joe's coming out later. You yeah, know Joe. that's his chant. <laughs> Why are you wasting it on everyone else when you know Joe's coming?" Smarks, the, oh. yeah, the eternal smarks of uh, uh internal. They smarks were, of NXT. they were they were too smart for their own good on Dude. that one because <laughs> Samoa Joe's behind that curtain. You need to make that chant. That is his chant, damn it. Anyway. I lost my shit last night. <laughs> Two in the morning. Because, look, first it of all. It was Mark Fest. We got a Finn Beller. <laughs> yeah, from, from Finn Beller's entrance <laughs> right? to the end of the show. That Main day. event, Sammy Zane. Steam Generico chaps with the with NXT the did it again. They did it again. And more yep. importantly. Continue to do it. First of all, Owens destroyed Zane again. I didn't think we were going to get a similar booking of Sami Zayn getting squashed right. to bring Joe out. I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be competitive. I thought maybe John Cena was going to come out and well, ruin it for Owens or yeah. something like that. I didn't see Owens just destroying Zayn. And then, it was competitive know, for a minute, though. They, 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 they booked it a little Sam, different. Yeah, Sam but that was because of his injury, right? Early. But yeah. another TKO. He, like we, were, we were in the midst of another stop. Right, right. It's crazy. Well, it was, a great, it was a great angle, too, because it, it builds Joe. For those who don't know him, You know, he's aligned with, with one of their bigger stars, a guy who was beloved. And, and it was just nice to see ROH you know, kind of take hold again. I mean, we kind of talked about this before the show, um, kind of a bridging of a gap between eras. I don't think there was mm-hmm. anything between the Attitude Era. I just think there was a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a passage of time to where there needed to be a bridging of gap of eras. And I think we saw that with CM Punk. A lot of people are saying, yep. oh, we don't need CM Punk. Or, God, uh, CM Punk, please come back and have matches with these guys. Man, no. he already did that. He did. And, he, and, and I said this on social media. Five-star matches. CM Punk, exactly, yep. Iron Man matches. Yep. CM Punk doesn't need pro wrestling, and pro wrestling doesn't need CM Punk. He did his job. He bridged the gap from the Absolutely. Attitude Era to the Era 
era he ushered in, which is the ROH era. He came over in 2006, showed the WWE that smaller independent wrestlers, there was a resurgence. This is our generation. These are 30-year-olds that grew up watching Mr. Perfect, yep. Kurt Hennig, Rick Rude, all these million-dollar man, all these great characters, all these great technicians, Dynamite Kid, Davey Boy Smith, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, that whole, mm. we, they grew, we, they, they grew up on this and now they're getting their time to shine and you're seeing the talent. Punk ushered it in, but he brought with him Daniel Bryan a couple years Absolutely. later. You bring in Cesaro, you bring in Ambrose, you bring in Rollins, Tyler Black, who was the champion in ROH. This is an ROH lineage. It's like a, it's like almost like royalty. There, there was a point in time at ROH, and they still have so much talent, but a real window there that there was just flooded, and now we're all seeing it come to the WWE, and it's a beautiful thing. And you know what the beauty is? They're not, they're not mid carters. Right. I mean, they're they're upper they're upper exactly. mid card main event scene. It's a lot different when you have a guy yes. and you just thrust them under everything else, right? Because we've had plenty of great indie workers. I great agree. International. The, the, this seems more calculated, Absolutely. which is which was my worry when they were signing them all up. Okay, fine, you signed them. What are you going to do with them? Absolutely. Well, we're going to bring out Sami Zayn with the Bret Hart intro in Montreal, yeah. and then we're going to have John Cena come out and cut this crazy promo, and Owens is going to come out and say, "I don't need your approval. I've been here 15 yep. years, and I'm better than you." That is how you debut these talents, and they're doing it in a way where I didn't know if they were going to and i got to give credit to triple and h I think, I think the summer punk definitely helped the, usher that in punk in general it, yes yeah. he got white hot yes daniel bryan got white hot you see ambrose and rollins now yep. it's just there's something well about th it that's now. what i refer to in bridging the gap punk made it cool again for all of us 20 something and 30 somethings to come back and see the pro wrestling we grew up on or a, a new inclination of that a new version of that and like i said he did his job he he made the introduction we got the handshake. If it wasn't for CM Punk, I came back to wrestling in late 2010, um, right when The Miz basically took the belt on Monday Night Raw. And I was like, that's weird. A real world guy now has the belt. It was all. I started watching. That was a real shitty time. It, it for was. You it was. But you know who brought me back? awful early 2011 was oh uh, well yeah for sure but what brought me back was the fact is what they were they were kind of like focused on the gimmicks like i saw ard <coughs> i saw lightweight champion of the world rafael dos Anjos, just, just walking what's through. up fellas yep. and he's moving on just hanging out and he's out yeah. um i wonder if we wanted to talk about Sami Zayn and nxt um <laughs> but no he did it he he did the job he uh, he ushered that in and uh the thing that brought me back during that time was like a guy like alberto del rio so through that, if it weren't for specifically Punk, but Del Rio in general, bringing me back to pro wrestling, I would have never been really introduced to ROH. I never really would have been introduced to the Steens and Genericos, I would, the, the Tyler Blacks, the Cesaros. I wouldn't have known of these guys, the Chris Heroes, and I wouldn't have seen this great resurgence of the indie scene, which we are seeing from Dragon Gate to Chikara to Ring of Honor to, I mean, the Hollywood. There are so many top, even here in, in, in Vegas, FSW is putting on good shows. I want to give a little credit to them. I mean, there seems to be, uh, because of these 30-somethings in our generation, all these kids that grew up, wanted to grow up to be pro wrestlers and they're so badass and there's just not enough room for them but <laughs> yeah. thank god the best of the best are now getting their shot because how long have we said generico steen these devit they're the best but you know there's uh, just a whole nother wave coming yep. and that's that's what's crazy because yep. the pwgs the roh yep. all these they're just gonna re-up yep yeah. They're they're gonna go to these smaller promotions and, and find some guys the next guy and some guys won't want to come over so they're gonna yeah, be, like the young bucks like the young yeah. bucks they're exactly gonna be they lifers these, and they're gonna be huge as lifers on the indie scene they're gonna make six figures they're gonna establish a legacy it's a beautiful thing but like uh, like my man David D said from WrestleRoy I told him I was gonna credit him with this <laughs> when he said it I love NXT, this I already, I already know what he's gonna yeah. say but I love it NXT is is raucous records with Interscope money. Now, anybody who listened to hip-hop when Raucous Records said to Lil Kweli and Most Def. Soundbombing 2. Yeah, the Soundbombing 2 album when Eminem was on it. And you get that at a distribution deal, 
and this is what NXT has become. You get all these indie wrestlers. It's the greatest comparison because it's so yeah, true. David D, man, look, look, I'm going to high-five you from long distance. I know you're doing <laughs> your thing over there at Basa, but damn, man, that was a hell of a comparison. But that's what NXT is right now, and it's exciting to watch because these guys, like you said, they're not mid-carders. No. Like, you look at Kevin Owens right now, and you look at the promo he cut on Raw. He's they're the best. They're the, be- they're, they're the best. They're the in-ring. Uh, the, uh, yeah. And that's kind of what worried me because, you know, you have this great product in NXT. If you don't utilize it, it really doesn't matter. And for a while, it was almost looking like that. You yeah. Know, uh, Zayn was there for a while. You know, Neville was there forever. Yeah. But now they're incorporating him into television, which— well. I, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think in a large degree, and we were talking about this before the show, the genius of John Cena's open U.S. Open Challenge. It's, it's allowed it all to happen. It's genius. And it's the know, best thing and, on and the go, And to go is. off on that, when is the last time, because we've seen good Mania fallouts and we've seen great SummerSlam buildups, when is the last time we have seen a, a May like a, a May to June period, which they often don't try very hard on, this good? This is the best since the summer of punk. And they dropped the ball with Kevin Nash and that whole clusterfuck so bad. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, you could have run trip, two weeks. You have you, you exactly. And that's my issue. And that's where I was hesitant with all this NXT stuff. It's like, dude, this is the same guy who ruined the summer of punk because he wanted to interject himself and make a tag team out of it. Summer of Brian too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. I mean, he helped build. I think he intentionally ruined that because. That was to build yeah, the story for exactly. the authority, yeah. but the punk stuff—that was the stuff I why I didn't watch for ten years. From 1999 to 2010, I turn on my TV and it was John Cena and Triple H, and Triple H has a high knee, uh, 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 the pedigree. He's got like seven moves. Yeah, I've watched the that's and, generous, and that's mm-hmm. no disrespect to him and his work as in, in 90s when he was the blue blood who was he was a much better wrestler but he just kept uh, constantly interjecting himself and giving himself the top spot it drove me crazy but now it seems that he, he's cur- cutting that back it's great because vince is on his way out he's aging all credit pioneered legend uh and, and triple h is not being able to work as much anymore which takes the ego away from him he can see it through clear eyes he doesn't need to interject himself with finn balor with he, he loves the nxc guys of course he because them. he's because he, he's getting the ego is getting stripped he doesn't need to be the top dog and now he also, just he just needs to touch exactly exactly it's, no it's it's a different well, level he, the yeah. ego is still there to me uh, with triple h it's sure just, it is it's just not in, an in-ring ego exactly. which is what ruined he's, it for me he's now chasing someone else back then he was chasing, chasing the great He's yeah, chasing he was legacy. chasing The Rock. He was chasing right. all these guys. He wanted to be them. The ego comes involved. I'm sure now some he's chasing level, Vince on the ego aspect. And I think and he's chasing he has to beat that. And I think he's chasing Stephanie, because yeah, I think because I think the, the 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 thing that will always follow his career until the day he dies is that he's Stephanie McMahon's husband, and that he and he that to some degree kind of weaseled his way into that role. Yeah, but but through. What he is giving back to us, I mean, he the, the, the story of Triple H is just being written. I mean, he, I don't think he's particularly an intelligent guy. Uh, I'm talking like <laughs> just like base level if you gave him an IQ test. But I think his business acumen and I think his understanding of pro wrestling, I mean, he's a killer Kowalski product. I mean, the guy really gets it, but he's also in tune with this generation. He's not a dummy. You know what's he doesn't ign- crazy? He doesn't ignore the crowds like Vince does. When he hears someone pop for Finn Balor, he's okay, this guy's hot, and it's, it's obvious. What's going to be crazy is that in 10 years – there might be a generation of kids and at that point 20 year olds oh, 25 year olds that won't remember Triple H the wrestler right they will know yeah. him as the guy just like John, Dwayne built, Johnson who built the WWE yep. into what it is and the with all these young guys and he's he's going to just be authority Triple H and he's going to be on the mic he's going to be Vince and they're going to forget that he was an amazing wrestler so yep. we talk about all this Triple H giving can we take something back can Seth Rollins give back the pedigree because I hate watching hate Seth that. Rollins do yeah, the pedigree I, well, I, I hate to finish her to begin with yeah. I don't know how to make fan of it the four way match was great until he did the pedigree and I was like ah. yeah, it was such a whack pedigree I think he probably I think he probably felt it I think the pressure yeah it was like ooh pedigree can't pull 
pulled off. But you know, but you know what's interesting? That curb stomp. Why take that? Yeah, away? that was that was unbelievable. That's got to be his face move, right? They were just pulling that back toward he comes goes no, face. No, <sighs> they don't even show it in the highlights anymore. If you watch recaps, you don't of any. So it's, Rollins it's stuff, a concussion it's gone. thing. Yep, it's out of there. Well, no more curb stomp. Are you sure it's just not? They're not doing that for when he goes face to give him that move. If he goes set? face to give him the Phoenix Splash. Really? Yeah, that's probably what so. they'll do. Because once he, go, once he goes face, they're going to give him. And that's why it was so interesting when he when he was the one to turn heel. He's the high flyer. He's the smaller sure, guy. Yep. A lot of people were surprised he was the one to turn. Right. Because his moveset isn't very heel-oriented. That's true. Exactly. So that's why that's as true. a face, that would be a, a great okay, move. Okay, fair there, he, But that curb stomp was a motherfucker. Like, I loved watching that shit was great. Stomp. It was the best. But I told you, like we talked about on podcasts, you really can't be a third grader walking around curb stomping people. <laughs> and when your champion is the face of... Of the WWE, <laughs> people mimic his moves, and I tell you, if I was a third grader last week, a little girl would have been bent down to tie her sneaker, and I would have curb stomped the hell out of her in the playground, and I would have got like if you were if you were a third grade. A okay, third right. Grade. I just don't want to envision like thirty year old Cal going around. No, no, no I'm not curb stomping little children. I spent, but, uh, spent too much time on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's the concern. So you can't have that happening. Yeah. So I understand the move change. I wish he wasn't just barring. In, fair, moves in fairness, I should have. In fairness, I shouldn't have been you know seven years old dropping. And Randy Macho Man Savage elbows off my couch either. So yeah, it is See? what it is. everybody. I was, I was suplexing people, so yeah. You know. I mean, I tore the right razor edge. Yeah, and I figured out the figure four really hurt when I put it on somebody and I almost broke his leg. Hurt your Let's damn self. With one the more thing four. before we get out of here is how good was the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch match? Yeah, like how good? Like for that to be the co-main event, first of all, yeah, and for them to deliver the way that they did, because we were like, oh, this is Charlotte's division, right? Sasha Banks. You know Sasha's Bay, so I can't wait till she comes on the podcast. Like she's yeah. she's felt my thirst on social media already, Instagram, Twitter, all That's the time. Funny. I hashtag Bay her. She she knows. You what know I, Sasha. I like I like Charlotte, uh, but I was never sold on her. I think she gets. Uh, she gets by. I don't want to say gets by because she's very talented. Um, she she well no she relies on the family yes, but her unique body. She's got a very athletic body. She's long and she's wide and she just she has got a good look. She's very uh, athletic in terms of like a gymnast, but in terms of a worker, in terms of a sellable professional wrestler who I believe when they're in the ring, I don't think there's a better female on the roster than Becky Lynch. She works stiff. She works fast. She works in volume. When she takes a bump, she's back up on her feet ready to work a Japanese arm drag. You know what I mean? She's not... When you watch the Bellas work a match, when you watch even AJ or, or Paige, to no necessarily fall to their own, they're just dainty. Like, when they hit the ropes, they don't hit it with authority. Becky Lynch does everything with authority, and I, I, I'm i really high on the girl. And credit also to Sasha, because she's great as Banks well. Banks is bae. I don't yeah. really like... Sasha Banks is... <laughs> oh, like, she, she is it. Oh, I can't wait till she's on a podcast. Yeah. I'm... I'm gonna have like the heart eye emojis like in real life. <laughs> it's gonna be real. I like Becky's a uh, 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 debut too with 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 Mad Max. Kind of you taught you said this, Andreas. Yeah. You're like I don't know what it is. It just worked, and I was like, well, I mean, she had the post-apocalyptic goggles and like the the orange hair. She looked like she was kind of out of like a mutant comic book. Like she was one of the X Men in like some apocalypse world. And and I don't think it was. I don't necessarily know it was. You know Finn Balor's Jurassic Park walkout, uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch's Mad Max walkout. I don't think it was necessarily planned, but it just works, and and, and it's she, a good time for pro wrestling. She's incredible. She can go. She I mean, every time I see her suplex someone, it is legit. Yeah. So it, Le- it, it, it drop. It. Oh, are we talking about Sasha or, or Becky? No, we're talking about Becky. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah Becky, her yeah. suplexes are like and her drop kicks. Grown, it, it, grown it, men it, suplexes. Did you see? Did, yeah. Did you see the uh, the bump she took the face plant when Sasha ripped her off the apron and she went face down yes, under this? I winced. That's what I'm saying. I no other women work like that. that. She is selling the fuck out. 
on a on a move by move basis, even if she's dishing it out, she could be the best female worker on that yeah, roster, man. and it's that's a real testament to her. And I uh, I watched her for the last couple of months, and I don't want to say she flew under the radar, but I was just like, okay, the Irish girl, she was this little fighting Irish punk, and now she's or she was this fighting Irish like typical gimmick yeah. that Vince would roll out or just <laughs> thoughtless racist uh, not racist but I mean short sighted stereotypical yes, yeah, yeah. yeah that, we'll just say that um, but now she's got this like metal edge or this punk edge and kind of harness more of herself but the key is is is, is she's a worker kind of reminds me of the Ziggler of the females Oh, but God, I don't want to. Let's let's not do that. Well, here. hey, let's not do that here. We've oh, got why? No what, oh, seriously, you got you got something to, bad to say about? Have Dolph you Ziggler? not heard my Ziggler stance? No, what's your Ziggler stance, Cal? No, no, we're not. We're not doing it today. We're not doing it. We need way more time for <laughs> well, you to go okay, my Ziggler stance. Here, here's the good thing. I've I've heard you say Kendrick Lamar's album to Pimp a Butterfly wasn't that great, and yep. I've heard you say that Sami Zayn shouldn't have been brought up in the in the in the top five roster moves at NXT to WWE. They give him back the mask. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Before that, before you even, yeah, but I've heard you say some crazy shit. Yeah, Ziggler, so. I am not a Ziggler guy. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Edgar bashing at all. Yeah, he bashed all. Frankie yeah, Edgar. It was, it, was, it, was, it was brutal. <laughs> it was like 12 minutes. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a Bayless-esque rant. Yeah, dude, Yo, you got to, you got to hear this. Do you want to be, you, you are, dude. You're, you're not, worse. Like, I, I, dude, the, the, the shit you say, like, I'm not screaming Smith, but you are Skip Bayless. It is like, you say it in my jaw, like, I can't, my brain doesn't compute it. You say stuff, and it's so... I don't want to say outside the norm, but it's just so wrong. <laughs> like, dude, Dolph Ziggler is like one of the best workers in the business. He makes oh, everyone he's look get better. Buried. Fine, he's going to well, get buried. Fine, that's, that's totally different. But if you're saying, I mean, for, he makes everyone he wrestles with looks like a five star guy. I, I think he's fine. I think fine? he's going. He's, he's, he's decent. Don't do it. You know, he don't, can just don't do it. This is my co-host. International. <laughs> this is my co-host. But he can fight for I the can't. Intercontinental Title and lose every six months. I can't I'm cry happy. for him like Terrell Owens did with Tony. That's my quarterback. I can't do. Yeah, this <laughs> is when it comes to Ziggler because I'm not I'm not all about Ziggler like you guys are, but I don't hate him like I'm Kel not does. All about him necessarily, but and I don't hate him. I just think he's meh. Kel hates him. He's meh. He, he he's meh. He's meh. M e h h h h hates him. Hates him. Anyway. We gotta get it. We, we gotta oh, go. We gotta get out. Yeah, get we gotta go talk to Conor McGregor. Speaking yeah. of crazy people. All right, so <laughs> we're gonna go see Conor McGregor right now. Work out, which is happening. We'll take pictures of that. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to a special episode of the Corner. Follow yeah, us on yeah. Twitter, the corner LSN. Uh, my Twitter at Kel Dansby. Mine at Andreas Hale. Mine at Ryan McKinnell. At Obey the Law, son. You got you got to love the puns, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of us are basic and simple. So uh, enjoy four, the special just four, show. Four basic bitches. <laughs> my, name, my name allows it, though. My name allows it. Uh, tune into everything else. Hit up the mailbag on Gmail. Check out episode nine, which is on SoundCloud or iTunes right now. Check us out during the fight for all our tweets and stuff. Until next week, we're Peace. out. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.